Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Kristen here, and today I invited a special guest to talk to us about clarity, leaning into your own intuition, and learning to trust yourself. I want to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, a coach of mine, and an all-around amazing human, Lynn Casaletto. Lynn began Core Growth Consulting Corporation in 2005. Core Growth provides executive coaching and consulting to high-achieving, heart-centered business owners and teams. Her team is passionate about helping people create more peace and fulfillment in their lives. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you, Kristen. I am so excited to spend time with you and your listeners today. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful that you are dedicating some of your time to share your inspiration with us. So I'm curious, how did Core Growth Consulting begin way back in 2005? Oh my goodness. It's so wild, especially since today we're going to be talking about intuition and clarity. It was just one of those, I like to call it a God poke, was the idea, the feeling the thought that just didn't go away. It kept coming back up. Like, Lynn, you need to start your own business. You have this vision to help people in a new way, in a different way. And I just kept following that. I didn't listen, but it kept getting louder and louder. And then finally, that's when I had the courage to say, okay, you can start a business. You can move from your apartment in New York City working for a Fortune 500 company that you love, go move back home with your parents in New Jersey at age 30 and make a desk out of two dressers and a piece of plywood and start a business. I love that (laughs) so much. I'm literally sitting in my closet on one of my daughter's chairs with my laptop and microphone set up on one of those Rubbermaid tubs right now. So yes to the makeshift office recording studio. Totally. I mean, that's all it takes, right? You don't need fancy things, especially when you're starting out. I think it's just making the decision and then just having the courage to like believe in yourself, believe in your vision, and just take action one day at a time. You mentioned you had this tugging on your heartstrings or this Mm -hmm. feeling, this thought about starting your business. And I remember so vividly being there myself. And I didn't listen for a very, very long time because I was scared. How did you grow the courage or how do you help your clients grow the courage to listen to their own heart? Yeah, it's so wild. That is where... I think it's like the balance of intuition kicks in, right? It's just that knowing. Like, you know it's right, but it may not make any logical sense. Like on paper, you may not have the facts yet to back it up. I remember going through it even with myself and my coaches and mentors. It's almost like reverse engineering your intuition. You get that strong sense, that strong sense of knowing, the hunch, the thought that won't go away, the picture in your mind that is not quieting. It's just getting more clear, more vivid. And 
that's where with clients, if there's that knowing, then we back it up and we say, okay, let's look at the facts. How could this be possible? What would be incredible about it? When is the right time? What are the facts supporting that this is exactly the right reason? What would be the benefit to do it six months from now, two years from now? So I think it's a process. First, just acknowledging the thought, the feeling, the knowing that's not quieting. It's actually just growing and becoming stronger. And then starting to put some pen to paper. If I decide to do this, how, when, why? What does it look like? Whose help do I need? What's the biggest courage play that I'm going to have to really own right now on this? I think some of those questions you just provided our listeners are incredible. And they were all focused on the positive. I find so often when I'm faced with a courageous decision, I go to all the reasons it won't work. How do you stay in that positive space of possibility versus that negative space of this won't work? Yeah, that's so real and so true. I'm speaking from it now, like on the other side of it. I'm remembering the things that got me to take action. But if I put myself back in those shoes, I mean, literally like my body just remembered how nervous I felt and how my mind went to like, why this makes no sense. So to stay positive, it's interesting. I just finished this book, Three Feet from Gold by Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed. They use this example of never make big decisions when you're in a valley. When you make a big decision, if you're making a career change or maybe in relationships or a move, maybe it's a move cross country, leave from a position of strength. Leave like you're walking towards something. You're not walking away from something. So I think that concept of what am I walking toward helps pull my courage forward. And then the other thing, I think whenever I'm making a big decision or if I'm in one of those crossroads in life where I know I need to be bold and I have to do something that's scaring the daylights out of me, but I know it's right. I go through three questions. Okay, what are the facts? That just calms down my whole nervous system, my jitters, my emotions that kick in very much with big decisions. So what are the facts? Just get really clear. There's no story about it. Number two is see it better than it is. So what could be amazing about this? And I think that's what really generates the positive energy. What could be so awesome about this? Even though our reptilian brains are trying to like protect us and say, no, don't do that. Don't grow so fast. Don't take that big, bold leap in life. What if it goes wrong? What if you fail? Step two, see it better than it is. That gets the courage up again. And it's like, no, why is this absolutely right? How could this be guiding you in some way? What else could you learn through taking this leap forward in life? And then step three is just all about vision. We have to create it first in our mind. We have to see it. We have to feel it. We have to believe it. We have to smell it, taste it, touch it in our minds first. And then we get to go take action and actually build it. So I'm hearing you say, as you're growing your courage to take bold risk and big leaps of faith, you really have to get clear and create that vision and then allow yourself the space to explore the possibility behind that vision. Tell us more. How do you help your clients get super clear on what it is that they want? Yes. 
I think you and I both know Peak Rider. He's an amazing coach. He has shared this exercise with thousands of people over the years. And it's one that I'm so grateful for. And I remember doing it 20 years ago. It's called the What Do I Want exercise. And I love the simplicity of it. Because you literally ask yourself, or you have someone else, you have a friend, a coach, a mentor, ask you, what do you want? Mm. And that question, you just have to sit with it. Like, what do you want? Picture your life, whatever time frame, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, what do you really want? And so the person that's doing this exercise with you that just ask that question, they ask you that question over and over again until it's exhausted. It's exhausted the things that you actually want. And I think the beauty in that exercise is you have to give yourself permission to want what you want and to not judge it or label it as good or bad. You have to let go of what other people want for you. And you just have to honor yourself and be very real and true. So at the end of this list, then you hone in. Okay, what are the one or two things that you really want? And then you get super clear on why, what that will provide for you in life. And then you build it, you know, Chris, and you do this for a living. You help build out the environment, the time frame, the accountability, the baby steps that it's going to take to get there. Yeah. I love helping clients get that clarity around what it is that they want because I think it's so foundational in our goal achievement journey. Without that clarity, it's very easy to fall victim to excuses and not take risk and to stay super comfortable. So I appreciate you sharing that simple framework. What do I want? Over and over, sitting with that question. Mm-hmm. And as you were describing this process, Lynn, I started to wonder how often would you recommend people go through that full exercise? What do I want? That's a great question. I love New Year's Eve. I love December 31st. Most often, I'll probably have a martini in my hand, dirty, (laughs) and a notepad, and I'm going through just reflection. I'm so relaxed, and I'm able to like be present with myself and dream. Maybe it's one of the things you do to close out December, or even like maybe it's the first week in January when you're getting ramped up. I think that would be such a cool ritual to do it annually. I don't know. What do you think, Kristen? I like that idea. I have a lot of systems in place. I do a year plan. I do a quarterly reflecting plan, a monthly goal review. And I agree with you. I think there's a very thoughtful process behind doing it right before you set your goals. So you're not setting these goals that you think sound good or that you should achieve. They're actually in alignment with what you truly want. Agreed. I love that. Well, you've made some big leaps in your business as I've been following your journey and your vision. Tell us a little bit about the courageous, bold moves you've been making lately. Oh my goodness. It's so wild. I think 15 years, right? I just feel like it keeps getting better every year. I don't know if that just comes with experience or maybe trusting myself more. So a big move three years ago, was just physically moving our family from the East Coast to the West Coast. I started my professional career in New York City. That was a really big, bold move to like listen to that heartstring tug. Hey, 
you're meant to be on the West Coast. You're meant to live in California. It made no sense. (laughs) It really made no sense on paper, but it was one of those things like intuitively, it just kept getting louder and louder. And we came out and visited and we came here on vacation. So that was a big move to just move our business out here. Most recently, expanding our team. So it used to just be me, one person shop. Then it was me and my teammate in Indiana. Then my husband came into the business. And now we have Caitlin, who is another team member, and we're continuing to grow. And all of those phases, all those decisions take a lot of courage. I can tell you that most, I mean, all of them actually, intuition was the front runner. And then we reverse engineer it like, okay, this is the right person. How do we make it work? When's the right time? You've mentioned a couple of times listening to what's on your heart and it might not make sense on paper. Mm -hmm. We both came from a very male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. And in your experience coaching and consulting with individuals and leaders, do you find, Lynn, that women and men make decisions differently when it comes to logic and intuition? I love the question. Because I think I used to believe that women were just way more intuitive. Like almost even just like thinking of being a mother, like a mom, like you just have that sense. And the more I experience working with clients and teams, men and women, I can't even say it's like a male or female thing because I have a lot of male clients who, you know, their superpowers are their intuition. And when they get away from it, it's almost like, things aren't going their way as much. When they honor it, it's like they're back on track. I'm sure there's research on who's higher or what comes more naturally. I will say, I think the thing that helps us connect with our intuition, I know when I allow myself to get quiet, when I am consistently meditating, when I'm running without music, Those tend to be the ways that help me tune into my intuition. Even journaling, it's wild. Sometimes when I'm back in the the habit of journaling, things will come out of the pen onto my paper. Sometimes it's just like, whoa, it's a thought. I don't really pay much attention to it. But then some other things warrant more attention. Like, wow, yeah, I should spend some more time thinking about that. I appreciate learning how to tap into it quicker because I know very quickly when I'm not using my intuition. I'm not even like honoring it when I'm going 24-7, overworking myself, just running too fast, too hard. And that's a pattern, you know, that I've had my whole working life. So it's something that even today, I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) What's the right recipe? I'm so much better at being able to make decisions faster, I would say, with more confidence when I am tuned into my intuition. Lynn, for a long time, I told myself a story that I was not good at strategic thinking. And I think I told myself this story because my model for being a good strategic thinker was reports and data and analysis. But I find that a lot of my best strategies come after a run, after a great yoga practice, admittedly, I am still working on the daily meditations, but we're building that habit. When I, like you, slow down, I get a little quiet or I pour into myself, 
I get these feelings in my mind on my heart. And when I take action, those ideas and strategies come quicker. So I've learned if I honor that intuition, it's almost like the universe is saying, yes, girl, keep going. Yes, it's so true. Oh my gosh, yes. Kristen, you asked earlier, it sparked a thought, or I don't know if I'm just like realizing it in the moment or remembering it, but we both grew up professionally, right? In more of a male-dominated industry. And I think sometimes intuition can come off. Like if you were in a business meeting and you said, well, I just feel we should do this. I just feel like we should do this. You know, you would get looked at like, all right, lady, are you crazy? Like, where are the facts to back it up? I think it could be like a protection mechanism. Like, I almost can't just say what my hunch is or what my feeling is. And again, I don't know the research, but maybe men are more analytical. Women are more intuitive. I don't know what it is. But I do know the way that we are trained. And what I'm really grateful for is, even though I've had to know the numbers and the reports, the thing I loved the most was, what do the numbers tell me? What's the story? If I was feeling low energy, my managing partner, he would say, okay, well, let's look at the numbers. I bet the numbers will tell us. It was almost like this beautiful marriage of the numbers and my feelings. So I was able to like honor my feelings and then the numbers could like prove, oh, this is why you're really low energy. This is why you're going down a rabbit spiral is because you haven't kept that much activity. Like, Lynn, you love people. Get back on the phone. Fill your calendar versus me just thinking, oh, I'm not good at this. I've so appreciated balance of it. But yeah, I've been trained to like, if you have a feeling in business, learn how to back it up with facts because it'll influence a lot faster. I think that is an awesome point because I can vividly remember I made a decision when I was working in the corporate world to tweak something in my coaching schedule. And when I was discussing this with the leadership team, it was all based on feeling. In my gut, I felt it was right. I was leaning into the individuals I was coaching with, but I couldn't specify the stats or the data to back up that decision. I felt incredibly inadequate. And I thought, well, gosh, maybe I'm really not that great of a leader because I'm not able to articulate how I made this decision. And looking back, on what you're sharing with us. It's really a blend of trusting your intuition. It's there for a reason. And then learning to embrace the data and the tracking to back up and really give that proof. So good. I love that. The blend. Yeah. The blend, right? So you mentioned a team member in Indiana. You've brought your husband onto the team. You've hired Caitlin onto the team. Were you perfectly prepared and ready For these new team members? I feel like when you find the right people, you find a way to make it work. You fight to find a way to make it work. I think what's also interesting is for so long, I was solo. And again, coming from working in New York City, right? People, people, people all the time, all hours, you know, being in LA. And so then going to just me being solo and starting my business, it was a shift. And now I feel like I'm getting back to like my team and that's filling me up in a new way, the collaboration, the creativity. But yeah, I was not necessarily ready. So many people that have gone before us, Kristen, right? Like people who are leading so well in business and in life, people that, you know, you want to emulate. I hear it all the time. Do it before you're ready. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never do it. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. 
because I trust this. I trust myself. I trust our team. I trust our clients. I trust what the world needs. I feel like what we provide people, it is so needed. Like there's an endless opportunity to serve people. So I was not ready. I did the research. I made it work on paper. It's been good. It's been really healthy and scary and awesome and amazing and, you know, gut wrenching. (laughs) I love your answer because I think so often we wait to have a perfect plan or we wait to feel totally ready. And what that does is it hinders our confidence because we know we get confident when we act and it keeps us stuck in the space of being comfortable. And I'm hearing you say, although it's scary and although it's risky, you listen to your intuition. Yes. I know for myself, I feel most alive. I feel most on purpose. I feel most fulfilled when I'm doing things that scare me, when I'm doing things that challenge me. When I say scare, it sounds so funny to hear that word scared. But I think it's like doing something that you're not an expert at. I can be confident, but still scared. (laughs) Like you think about you, you know, starting this podcast. It's all like, man, I'm just going to trust myself in this moment. Yeah, I think whenever I have to call on my courage, it's when I feel most alive. And I think when you're around people who feel alive and they're doing brave things, I know, I feel like that's the biggest reward. I totally feel scared every time I get on this microphone still. But I also know as I record this podcast and grow this podcast, it is coming from my heart. And there is a real genuine purpose behind this work to help others maximize their potential and achieve their definitions of success. And I think as we're exploring this element of courage and leaning into fear when you're scared, if you can stay connected to your mission and your vision, you can borrow some of that courage until it becomes more habitual and normal in your everyday life. And Krista, I think about it, right? I love that for anybody who's thinking of starting a podcast, just think about what it's going to feel like on your 20th, 40th, 60th. Like, yeah, it's just the first one. You know, you got to keep doing it. You got to keep showing up and that's all it is. I feel like that's what life is. We just got to keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Wow. (laughs) Well, Lynn, if our listeners are feeling inspired and they want to learn more, where can they find you? So they can go right to our website, which is coregrowthconsulting.com, or they could see us on Instagram at coregrowthconsulting, and we're also on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, I so appreciate your time today, and I know that a lot of people are going to walk out of this episode feeling inspired to lean into their intuition and to go after those audacious goals. So with that, goal achievers, remember to focus on your weekly wins those lessons that you are learning along the way and consistently progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.